Morning everyone and welcome to the Five Property Show this Saturday. Today's topic we are talking about letting agents diaries and behind the scenes of a typical working week. And I thought the best person to talk about that with this morning is our letting agent Karen Marshall. Morning Karen. Good morning. How are you? Good thank you. Thank you. A, a lot to cover in this topic. <laughs> there is a lot to cover in this topic and I think obviously to describe our job in a single phrase it would probably have to be Never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah, it's safe to say. Um, but and, and aside from obviously opening the office, uh, making coffee and chatting new messages, no two days are ever the same in Lens. Um, I'm sure you'll agree with that, Ken. Um, no, you never know what one day is going to differ from the next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but a, a great part of the job is obviously meeting new people and being in the neighbourhood um, are two of the most favourite things for me. And I'm sure you're the same, obviously, being quite a people person yourself. Um, but the icing on the cake is handing over the keys on a move-in day um, is such a moment of joy for everyone and I think obviously the landlord, the tenant and us and it's the start of a whole new chapter um, and it is quite uh, rewarding when you get to that stage and do that whole process um, and you're obviously at the front line of move-ins and lettings at the moment uh, Karen, and you'll know that feeling obviously when you go through that whole process with a the landlord then find a the right tenant and then move them in and um, it is very rewarding. It is. One of my favourite parts of the job is being able to give them that call and see the landlord's happy to go ahead with yourself for the property and just the joy that you get from some people. It just it makes you feel so good. And then obviously they're looking forward to going into their new home. So making that call is definitely one of my favourite parts of the job. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it gives you great job satisfaction, I think, as well. Um, but the Lettings world does move very fast and a lot faster than sales. Uh, but us as letting agents have far more paperwork and responsibility. Uh, with no solicitors checking contracts, it's down to us to get everything right um, and all the while keeping the pace. And I can't emphasise how much to everyone how fast-paced lettings is. Um, and we do have quite a lot of responsibility. Um, there's so much uh, legislation and the legal side of things for compliance with lettings. Um, and we have to be the ones that are in the know and advise, obviously, landlords and make sure the properties we're managing are kept um, Compliant and obviously up to uh, the, the legis current legislation. So yes, it's not always easy. Um, sometimes for us, obviously, we take it some things for granted because it's second nature and that's part of our job. Um, but you can find uh, landlords who are new to property letting and investment are very um, kind of out their depth and feel very overwhelmed when they think about the legislation and things. So, but that's what we're here for. Um, so anyway, I was talking to a landlord the other day about obviously we were one of the first group in Scotland to do the let well qualification, Karen, mm -hmm. um, which we found amazing because obviously as knowledgeable as we were after doing that qualification, there was so much more that we even picked up. I mean, um, so obviously it's um, a good thing to have. I'm going to do a couple of good mornings. Uh, good morning, James. How are you? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's a lot, a uh, lot more happening. Uh, than people obviously just showing people around houses. Um, so let's have a look at all the different aspects of letting this morning. And I think we'll kick off by looking at uh, valuations and new listings. Uh, and a big part of our week is meeting new landlords, seeing new properties as one of the job's best qualities and getting them ready for the market is even more exciting. There isn't anything more exciting uh, within the job than putting a listing together and having it all looking nice, getting it on out there um, and getting that feedback. Uh, and I'm sure you'll agree, Ken. Um, yeah. 
Lettings um, used to be a complete free-for-all, I would have to say, before obviously legislation and things come in, although it may be tricky to follow, it is there for a reason. Um, and with multiple agencies instructed on nearly every home, but I think more and more landlords want to work uh, with a single agent they can trust, um, and we need to fill them confidence uh, with confidence that we um, to win the business. And I think that is something we spoke about through the week, Karen, when we do our weekly training sessions and things, is that we need to continually adapt our knowledge so that we could then demonstrate that we are the right people to be looking after the property and build that rapport and trust with landlords and investors that they've got the right person and that they could come to us and feel confident in the fact that we're going to have the, the right answers for them. Um, and that's something we spoke about through the week there, Karen, yeah. Yeah, obviously every day is a learning day, so it's making sure that we know what's going on, what legislation's been updated, so we can then feed back to our landlords and they're getting the right information and making sure their properties are kept compliant. Yeah, definitely. And I think the whole valuation process is all about using examples of other homes that we've let and managed uh, nearby, and that shows the landlord that we get the results and that our advice makes sense. You need to demonstrate the valuation part of um, a lettings appraisal to people that you, how you've come to that valuation for the property. I mean, we don't just pluck uh, rental prices out there. It has to be based on, obviously, the market, current market trends. And obviously, we've got quite a lot um, throughout Fife that we could use as examples. So um, so a lot of time goes into preparing for an appointment when you go out to speak to landlords and investors. Um, you don't just obviously walk in and, and wing it. It's, it needs to be, obviously, a structured kind of um, methodical process where we need to demonstrate that we have done the due diligence um, and looked at the property valuations of other properties that are similar in the area. Morning, Jim. Morning. Um, uh, James has got a comment here. Need to speak to you about getting project barn. Oh, that's Jim, uh, James's new um, buy to let project. So yes, we will help you with that, James, of course. Um, yeah, but while we are on a valuation, we always look for ways to improve a property and achieve the highest rent possible and get the best tenants. We've built up a fantastic list of local contractors over the years, and it's really rewarding to see our recommendations come to life while managing projects. And more and more, we do that quite a lot, as obviously project management, obviously I project manage quite a lot of gyms, well, most of gyms properties now. Um, and obviously we have got such a big contractors list that's taken us a lot of years to build. Um, and we do have quite a, a lot of trusted tradespeople, which is a key element, obviously, when you are renovating and doing new buy-to-let investments. Ken, you work quite a lot with contractors, and I mean, tell us how important it is to have reliable contractors. It is when you've got either a tenant in the property, or even if your property is vacant, you're working to a timescale regardless. So having a reliable contractor that can come in and do the job and do it properly as well is such an important factor when you're in property. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even uh, I think even more so in these these times recently, where we have had such a big backlog of contractors availability, and also um, the availability of materials and things as well for um, doing the necessary repairs or works to properties to get them ready for the market um, is a challenge. So having these good, uh, reliable contractors is a key point. Uh, but once we've got landlords go ahead and we've got the key uh, the keys to the property speed is of the e essence and we don't wait around for the photos and descriptions to be uploaded to the portals we go straight to our list of potential tenants which we have quite a lot of at the moment because of the demand for property in the current market um, and also we 
use our social media platforms as well now. Um, and that is another key element of the whole lettings process. I think um, it's a key part for us to, to get properties out there and ahead of the game, um, especially with the amount of uh, demand we get for property. And Karen, I'm sure you will experience a really high demand from tenants inquiring uh, lately. Is. There's so much demand for people that are looking for properties versus not enough on the market for it. So it's great when we've had a property potentially. So I've had one recently that I had two really suitable applicants for it. I would have been happy going ahead with either of them. Obviously, unfortunately, only one of them could get it. So now it's on the hunt for another property in Glenrothes. Anybody with a two bed? <laughs> um, but trying to find her another property because ideally I would love to have her as a tenant. So it's keeping these people in mind. So when you do get new listings coming up, you can go straight to them and say, look, I've got this property. You're already been through the credit checks and everything is in place for you. Do you want to come and see it so we can try and find you a new home? Yeah, definitely. And it's all about minimising void periods and keeping our clients' income flowing. Um, so on the back of what you were talking about there, let's look at inquiries and viewings and offers on rental properties. Um, and there is a, there are numerous new inquiries every day, either by phone, by email, but not every viewing request is a good fit. Before we take anyone to see any property, we have to do some basic checks with every potential tenant and avoid booking wasted appointments. And Karen, that is a big part of what you do on a daily basis. So. I'll let, you, I'll let you kind of do the rundown of what we do now in terms of pre-qualifying uh, potential tenants for properties. Yeah, so obviously before we take anyone out to our property, there's some basic checks that we have to ensure to make sure that it's going to be the right fit for the property. Obviously, we can get some general inquiries that come through that just say, I'm looking for a property in Fife. <laughs> so it's trying to make sure that you're finding a property that's going to be the right fit for the person and then obviously making sure that they are going to be the right fit for the property. So carrying out pre-qualifying checks with them before they're even getting in to view the property is a key point that we've found now, um, especially with the high demand that we've got in the market, making sure that we're finding the right fit for the property before taking people out. So pre-qualifying checks for them, um, obviously making sure that their timescale is going to match the property's availability as well. Um, obviously, we have a varied range of properties that are on the market, some of which are ready to go, some of which are still getting the final checks carried out at them. So making sure that you've got ones that are going to be a suitable timescale for people as well. Um, obviously, making sure budget is in check. You do not want to be going out with somebody that at the end of the day is not going to be able to afford it and they're going to end up in financial difficulty effectively. So it's trying to eliminate that in the first point, um, which also can be done by checking their employment status. So obviously, while we're doing the credit checks and referencing point, we make sure that their income matches what they say it is um, by obviously getting some proof of their employment for it. And obviously looking at their time scale as well. So this can be how long they're looking to stay in the property for. You, we have some landlords that are looking for short-term tenants, but majority are looking for somebody that's going to be there long-term, settle in, look after it like it's their own home. And obviously then you're reducing the property's void periods as well. So there's loads of different factors that are coming into this to making sure that you're fitting the right tenant for the right property. Yeah, I think like you, you, you hit a point there about obviously the length of how a, how long a tenant looks to live in a property, and I think that's very important for investors who are building a portfolio. Ultimately, want um, the longevity of a tenancy, and they're in it for the long term. So, for us to be able to establish um, the term that the tenant's going to stay there is a big part of obviously um, minimising void periods and having a tenant in there for um, a considerable amount of time. You don't want a lot of turnaround and things, obviously, on a property which could 
because um, it can be costly and it's, it's an inconvenience to everybody really. Um, but we see more and more that tenants want to stay longer in property and I think you'll agree there Karen that it's becoming more of a trend that people look to let for longer periods and it's not just a short-term thing. Like you see we do have shorter-term uh, tenancies for whatever reason but on the whole it's long-term tenancies and, and that's uh, what we aim to do. Um, ensuring that a property matches um, what they are looking for is a, is a key one. You, you, you touched on that there and I think that's something that uh, we filtered out at the beginning. You say obviously sometimes you get a generic, I'm looking for a property in five, but what is it you're actually looking for? I mean, are you do you have a family? You're looking for a family um, property or are you single? Are you coming here to work? So there's a lot involved in that as well, Ken. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there can be a lot of coordination in getting everyone who intends to live in the property to come on the viewing. Um, the lettings business is very fast paced and if someone is missing from the first appointment, their house, their housemates may want to get the chance to have a second look. Um, now, obviously, we always insist that people or somebody on behalf of the person, depending on the circumstances, looks at the property. Um, and then I've got a few comments here. James has says, have you ever experienced bidding wars? Very much so, <laughs> James, especially in the current market. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that we've experienced a lot more lately. Um, and I think it's a way for us to then maybe renegotiate slightly more on the rent off market rather than setting the, the benchmark too high with the rental valuation in the beginning. Um, and that's all part and partial of what we do in terms of the referencing and the, um, the pre-qualifying checks and things uh, leading up to that. But offers are always good news but before recommending them to the landlord, it's a good practice to double check the facts to ensure the tenants are suitable. This means getting all the details confirmed in writing by email so no one gets forgotten or nothing gets forgotten or assumed. So yeah, Ken, like I say, obviously the, um, the importance of getting all the information from the tenant. We've done a, we a show uh, midweek, the other week there, just about preparation is key, really. Um, and having a tenant that is prepared with all the correct documentation and what they're actually looking for and, and, and budget and things is so important. Um, do you want to recap on a wee bit about that that we spoke about the other week, Kim, because that's really relevant to the whole process. Yeah, so obviously when you're starting out your journey and looking for a property, you have to have your ducks in a row effectively. You have to know what it is that you're looking for. Um, key points is setting up notifications with portals such as Zoopla, and right move or following pages such as ourselves that do pre-launches on social media for properties. So you're in there in the first instance and you're not missing out on properties. As soon as a property goes online, we have inquiries coming through. So you don't want to be a couple of days down the line and seeing a property coming on for it to already have a list of people and you're at the bottom of that list. So yeah. being prepared and knowing what you're looking for so you can be in there in the first instance. And your paperwork as well is such an important part, which I think we'll touch on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think um, from our uh, point of view, let's have a little chat about teamwork and how we work as uh, letting agents and as a company to obviously help achieve the goals that we set out to on behalf of the landlord. And although we have our individual roles, everything um, anyone does affects the whole team. So constant communication be between us is crucial. Obviously, yourself, Karen, does lettings. We have the property management side which is split up into obviously maintenance and credit control and accounts. And so we all need to keep in contact with each other and, and have clear communication. Um, otherwise, the, the whole obviously rhythm of how we 
through that process can be upset and it could cause it could cause a lot of issues if it's not done properly and as well as updating each other immediately um of all the new listings and offers we get together once a week and we discuss everything that's going on and i think well to be, to be fair we have morning meetings every morning just to touch base on what is uh, on the agenda for the day and what we plan to do and who's going to do what and that is an important um factor within our team to be able to run things smoothly on a day-to-day -day basis and our morning meetings are very important as well as our bigger team meetings throughout the week um, and things that we do discuss in morning meetings are things like feedback from viewings and has the landlord been updated on um, the feedback um, any upcoming move-ins each day we cover that every morning what, who we have moving in for the week on a Monday is quite important and then throughout the week we, we touch on that um, if there's notices being given to tenants served by the landlords or if the tenants given notice making sure that everybody's in the loop and the, the correct procedure has been followed to um, lead up to the date that they are due to vacate um, potential and actual disputes if there's anything that's a dispute or an issue between the its tenant and um, something with the property or you know, so things that we need to look through and, and resolve is something else that we speak about on a daily basis and that will involve maintenance issues and any works or improvements that need done to a property to then get it across the line and on the market as soon as we can uh, that's been a big issue for us lately with obviously like i say uh, contractor setbacks and um, the demand for material or the shortage of material and things as well so that's very important and that's something that we um, group every day and discuss about how to get properties across the line um, and changes in legis legislation are such a big thing and we like i said i said at the start there we need to always keep up to date with the legislation and compliance and make sure that we are the ones in the know um to be able to then advise landlords or tenants or whoever it may be of the correct obviously information at the time um, and together with everyone working um our landlords are also part of the team and I think that's an important thing. And we work so closely with all our landlords and investors. I'm sure a lot of uh, who are watching will agree with that. Um, and it is about a, a big team effort to make things work smoothly um, for the whole investment journey. And um, we're all working towards the same goal and keeping in touch with um, everyone each week uh, ensures that everybody feels connected and valued. And I think that's very important to have that clear uh, lines of communication and keep everybody in the loop and we always aim um, to get in a drink at the end of the week <laughs> I think that's an important part as well but um, yeah like you say again when you get to the end of the week and you've had successful move-ins and happy tenants and it's job satisfaction and it's quite rewarding as well and I'm sure you get to the end of the week and feel that quite a lot it is, yeah, it's great getting everybody moved into their new properties, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't happen without us all working together. Um, as you say, it's teamwork that gets these properties over the line, whether it's arranging move-ins. Obviously, I have a lot of involvement with arranging the move-ins, but there's a lot involved in even just getting the property ready. So obviously, speaking with property management to make sure we're all on the same page, we know what's happening and it's progressing as well. So we're getting this property ready for the move-in date. So at the end of the day, we all have to be working together to get these properties over the line. So it is such an important factor. Yeah, and I think sometimes when there's so much involved on certain properties, whatever the situation may be, and everyone's obviously got their role to play, and um, sometimes it could be challenging. Um, I think that's probably the best word. 
Um, so when you get to that point and it's all been successful, it is very rewarding. Um, but let's have a chat about um, paperwork. Uh, and paperwork is a big part of um, what you do, Karen, obviously with lettings and referencing the things. And there's a lot of paperwork involved in lettings and there's no room for error. I mean, tenancy agreements uh, as a legal document and obviously referencing checks and making sure you have uh, done your due diligence on the, the potential tenants and obviously advising the landlords that they've got all their correct paperwork and insurances and registrations and things in place. Um, it's absolutely vital to make uh, time out of our week to keep up with the latest news and changes in law to ensure that we're uh, giving the right advice. And most tenancies end amicably, but plenty of landlords come unstuck through uh, an understandable lack of knowledge around the ever-changing legislation. Um, and each tenancy needs to start on a solid footing. And I think that's so important to start a tenancy correctly with the right person to set the tone for a successful uh, management throughout. Um, so every application needs to go through a, a lot of processes. And I'll let, you, I'll let you take the lead with what processes we go through, Kim, um, just to name a few. Yeah, so there's a lot obviously that goes into referencing a tenant and making sure that everything is put in place correctly. Like you say, making sure that these are legal documents that we're working with, so making sure that they are done correctly, we have the correct names, dates, addresses, everything that goes into this document it has to be correct. Um, and obviously there's a lot more that goes into it as opposed to just a tenancy agreement. Obviously we have our initial terms of business once a tenancy has been accepted. So again, making sure that everything is done detailed correctly in that. And obviously you have the whole process beforehand of actually the referencing process with the tenant. So there's a lot that goes into referencing a tenant from detailed application forms, credit checks from employment ones to landlord references, even down to character references. Credit checks are done. Obviously we use an individual company to carry that out so we can make sure that we are getting a correct and index credit report for tenants. Um, we've had ones before that I've said, no, I don't have any bad credit. And then you run this credit report and there it is. <laughs> so making sure that you're running credit checks on tenants is such an important thing to make sure that you're gonna not come into any issues down the line. Obviously you never know, but trying to take these preventive steps in the first instance is such an important factor. You don't want to be moving somebody in that has a past history of rent of years and has CCJs against them. Obviously, it's not a good thing to start off a tenancy. Um, making sure a tenant is who they say they are as well by carrying out ID checks, getting proof of their current address as well. Um, obviously, it prevents, makes sure that you've got all your documents in a row for being able to put this tenancy agreement in place and going forward with moving. Obviously, let's, uh, let's talk about employment. I think employment is quite a, 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 an important one, obviously, and of income. Um, so what's the, I mean, they need to be earning so much to obviously qualify the, to go through the referencing check. And if not, then what would we do then? What, what is the qualifying amount for tenants at the moment? So there's a little sum for it. So you have to do the rent times 2.5 times 12. And that gives you their gross income that they have to earn to be able to qualify for the property. So, um, yeah. So if a tenant doesn't have that affordability for it, then ultimately you could end up with problems down the line. We have had the odd tenant that maybe it doesn't quite reach that point, but they're just they're just short of it. So in instances like that, where do you know what we think there would be a really good tenant, they've had a good landlord reference, all their previous referencing checks have passed, and obviously they're just short of it. So putting a guarantor in place can be a way to kind of give the landlord some extra security for it. 
and then you've got that peace of mind knowing, do you know what, hopefully everything will go smoothly, but if not, there's that little bit of backup there. Yeah, guarantor is always a good um, alternative if the tenant can't quite qualify on their own. What's the qualifying status for then for a guarantor, employment and income-wise? So the guarantor has to have an income of three times the rent for the property. Okay, and then obviously we get them to co-sign the tenancy agreement and things as well. Mm -hmm. And they are there as a safeguard, obviously, if there's any default on the uh, rental payments or if there's any issues, we have, the, the tenant has them as obviously their, their, their fallback, but we also have them as a point of contact to try and resolve any issues if there's issues with uh, rental payments. And then I think obviously credit um, status check. So obviously, I mean, the sign, a sign of the times is obviously not everyone has a perfect credit score. And people do maybe have um, some financial issues in their past, so um, that's that's fine as long as people declare that, and we could they could demonstrate to us there's reasoning behind it, and that they are obviously working or have worked towards obviously resolving that. Do you get that quite a lot, Kim? Yeah, we've had some in the past and even recently that have maybe had a little bit of bad credit on the report, and they've been honest and upfront about it. It's nothing excessive. At the end of the day, people do get themselves into situations sometimes. So providing that they can prove that they are working towards it um, and they're financially stable enough now to be able to work towards that as well as cover their rent and obviously bills for their new property, then obviously there's ways around it. Um, another one is we can take rent up front for it. So we've had one recently that she had a little bit of bad credit. It was nothing major. She explained it, been upfront about it. And she'd paid, she'd paid six months rent up front to be like, look, this is obviously, I am in a suitable financial situation now. I can afford to do this. Um, and it's just a wee bit of reassurance for us as well that we can see that they're taking it seriously and they are obviously working to clear that off and keep on top of themselves financially now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that um, it is really important that they declare anything to us. I think it's it's always a red flag if we do the referencing checks and things pop up that haven't been discussed or even brought to our attention, then it makes you question, well, why why was it not brought to the attention? If, if like you say, uh, people have become into some difficulty in the past and it's going to be on their, on their check, then tell us about it, tell us why, explain to us. It's all about transparency and obviously being upfront. And I think that's the best way to start any relationship, I think. But obviously with a tenant, it's, it's really important as well. For the for the ongoing obviously um tenancy and management and things as well uh proof of identity is quite a, an important one um typically what would we look for for identity usually uh, most common ones are a passport or a driver's license so some sort of photographic id yeah um we've used birth certificates and things in the past some people don't always have passports or driver's license but they are the most common things um and the tenancy agreement the tenancy agreement is so important um, obviously, we worked for uh, a lot of years with the um, Shortest Year Tenancy in Scotland, and there are tenancies that still have that in place from prior to 2017. But it's the private residential tenancy now in Scotland, and the private residential tenancy is a template set out by the Scottish Government. Um, we've adapted ours slightly. We have um, certain things that we've implemented um, to obviously make it better work for us. But um, the importance of the tenancy agreement, Karen, to be signed and and things on time um, is really important, yeah. It is, obviously that needs to be signed and in place before a tenant's getting the keys for their property. Um, unless that's signed and they have their first month's rent in place, then that's when they can get the keys for it. 
But um, obviously, it's a big change that we went through from from changing the different types of tenancies agreements. So, um, obviously, landlords that are newly coming into this process, it's explaining to them obviously the differences because quite a lot of them still think there's fixed terms to leases. When now on the new private residential tenancy, there are no fixed terms anymore. It just goes on a rolling contract from month to month. So making landlords aware of that so they know what they're getting into in the first instance is obviously really important. And I, yeah, just keeping up to legislation so that we can feed that back to them. Yeah, that's a very common assumption by people that it's, there's fixed terms now and there isn't any fixed term in the tenancy. It's just a continual rolling contract um, with the tenant being able to provide 28 days and four weeks at any point in time throughout the tenancy, um, which makes it even more important for us during the the whole referencing qualifying process to establish the length that they want to stay in the property for we can't we can't hold anyone to a, a certain amount of time but if we could uh, build a picture and establish the time frame the time scale that they want to stay in the property then we could go back to the landlord and say look they're looking for a year they're looking for two years or they're looking for their, ever, their forever home and they're going to be here for the foreseeable um, the last thing landlords want is tenants coming in every few months and the turn the whole that whole turnaround process and the cost of doing that as well um that's quite um an important factor um and like you say payment of the first month's rent and and having the um standing order and thing for payment set up um is important <coughs> excuse me um comprehensive inventories now inventories as sometimes um seen by landlords is not necessary they aren't mandatory but you and I both know, Karen, how important they really are. Yeah, and obviously from your years in property management, dealing with Safe Deposit Scotland and, and deposit resolution, how important are inventories? They are so important. As we say, they are not mandatory, but we highly advise having them done. Um, whether that's, we have landlords that have carried out their own ones. Um, we have an independent contractor that does them and it is such a comprehensive report. Um, quite a few landlords have an idea that if there's no furniture in the property, they don't need an inventory. But um, your inventory takes into account things such as the cleanliness, the condition of the paint, the floors, the oven, if you have one built in, it takes into account everything in the property. It's not just a case of if you have a couch or if there's furniture in the property, it's the whole condition of the property. So having this in place is such an important thing because at the end of the tenancy, a landlord or agent has to prove. So for example, if a tenant went out and they'd left an iron mark on the carpet, thankfully I've only seen that once in my five years, but, <laughs> but if a tenant, for example, leaves an iron mark on the carpet, the landlord has to prove that it was not there at the start of the tenancy. So unless you have a comprehensive inventory done prior to that tenant moving in, then you don't, you're not able to prove that. Listing pictures do not count. You're not able to use them under, um, like Safe Deposit Scotland's process that they don't count, I'm afraid. <laughs> so you have to have this inventory in place to make sure that you have a detailed report of what the property was like before the tenant got it. So you have your set expectations of what you should be getting it back like at the end of the tenancy, obviously taking into account fair wear and tear. That's another common assumption as well. If there's not an inventory in place, but something as blatantly obvious as an iron mark on the carpet, um, the, the the assumption is that there should immediately be a, a claim rewarded for that. But the reality is we need to be able to prove that. We need to be able to prove that it wasn't there. And how are you going to do that without um, a record of it? And that's where the inventory comes into play. Um, so yeah, and then obviously 
like we said as well, obviously security uh, deposits are all registered. We use Safe Deposit Scotland. Um, there is three um, deposit schemes in Scotland, but Safe Deposit Scotland seems to be the most common one. We have always used them and had quite um, a successful relationship working with them um, over the years since they were put in place. But yeah, and inventories are very important. I, I'm just going to do a couple of good mornings. Good morning, Caroline. Hope you're well. Um, there's a few questions there. We'll come back to them um, as we come to the end of things uh, that we're discussing at the moment. But yeah, any amendments during a tenancy also need to be handled correctly. From a change of tenant uh, in a shared household, um, so that is something that we come up against. Sometimes um, couples separate, sometimes single people come in a relationship and we need to then amend obviously the paperwork and reference that person before they could come into the tenancy and join on and make sure that landlord's comfortable with that and that again we've done our due diligence like we would with any tenancy uh, at the beginning but obviously sometimes it happens mid-tenancy. Um, do you deal with that a lot Kim? It doesn't happen too often thankfully because it's a lot of paperwork involved but there it does have the time like you say couples separate and um, somebody moves in or if you've had a couple of friends that have been sharing the property and one of them moves out and needs to go into a sole tenancy so it's making sure that if you have a new person coming into this tenancy agreement that you're carrying out the necessary referencing that you would do at the start of a tenancy for anybody and um, making sure that they are going to be a suitable tenant also for the property and then obviously issuing a new tenancy agreement and getting both tenants to co-sign it to make sure that you have all the new paperwork in place for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely throughout the tenancy, a lot could happen. Um, and I think that'll bring us to inspections and maintenance uh, and emergencies and things that obviously we deal with throughout the management of the property. Um, so obviously, Kern, you spent quite a few years in property management. Um, so as well as viewings and valuations, our diary has a lot more on it uh, going on. Uh, even rental properties need looking after because they only ever get older, which means regular checkups um, and continuous management um, are so important. So, I mean, the importance of inspections, Kim? So important. Obviously, you need to be doing regular inspections to make sure that a tenant is looking after the property. Um, obviously, we have tenants that have been in our properties for years and are such good tenants. So as obviously establishing when new tenancy starts, we would obviously advise every three months doing an inspection for it. It's not too invasive, but it gives you time to make sure that between checks that everything's still running smoothly and um, it also gives you a chance to build up a relationship with the tenant as well it's not just somebody on the other end of the phone it is a person that you can see face to face um, and obviously sometimes there's things that tenants don't notice that we do because we know what we're looking for so and it's obviously the aim of it is to eliminate any issues before they become bigger issues Jim's uh, saying in the comments there to send on the link to join in I think if you can, Jim, I've actually sent you that through email. If you want to click on your emails, you'll get the link and you can join us for um, a little while. But yeah, obviously interim inspections are very important and uh, visiting a property at least every six months. I think initially we do quarterly inspections, which is every three months. Um, but we tend to find if um, we do them every three months, maybe for the first year, and people are um, living in the property quite well, we're comfortable that the property's been looked after, their rental account's up to date, um, and the, the landlord feels comfortable, then we tend to then obviously wind that down and, and revert to maybe six months, um, six monthly inspections. I mean, 
it's not big of invasive inspections, but we need to be present in the property at some point in time to have a look at the condition of the property and then relay that back to the landlord and give them some reassurance on uh, the property's condition and things as well. Um, and we just obviously say that's quite an important element of it, Karen. Is at the end of the day, if a landlord is has you managing the property, they still it's still good for them to know look, your property has been looked after. Obviously, they're not the ones that are going and seeing it. We are so doing that report for them, whether that's if there is a small issue, taking a wee picture of it so they can see that. Um, it gives them a bit of reassurance that they know the property is being looked after. Yeah. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Oh. Your, your your volume's down. <laughs> you need to sort your audio. Technology is great when it works. <laughs> we can't hear you. It's difficult. It's difficult on the phone sometimes. It's in the bottom right hand corner, Jim, or bottom left hand corner. I think that um yeah, anyway, well while Jim tries to sort that out, we um we also get a chance to catch up with the tenants doing inspections as well. I think that's really important to um to touch base with them and obviously um, build, keep building that relationship throughout, obviously, uh, the tenancy. So, yeah, touching base uh, mid-tenancy at the inspection point is really important, Cairn. And I think over the years, I've built up great relationships with tenants, and I'm sure you've done the same with tenants throughout, obviously, the years. Uh, these are people that you're seeing on a regular basis throughout the year. So, as it's you build up that relationship with them, and even their pets as well. We have one that has the most adorable pug that I love going to do their inspection because their dog is just the cutest. So, it is, it's building up that relationship with them. And obviously, inspections aren't something to always worry about. It can be, do you know what? It'll be nice to go and see them. <laughs> I think he's given up. <laughs> That's a shame, Jim. That would have been good for you to join and um, have a wee chat. Um, if you could sort out that technical difficulty, that would be great if you could jump back in. But um, but yeah, aye, so, and it's really good to have that relationship with tenants. And like you say, build a rapport, whether it's about their pets or just um, how how they are in general. And I think it is so important because it makes them feel then comfortable to come to us with anything. I think one problem that uh, is quite hard to deal with is if Tenants are having difficulties maybe from a maintenance point of view or they're struggling with rental payments for whatever reason financially. It pays dividends to come to your letting agent and say, look, this is my situation and we will work with them to sort that out. I mean, a lot of tenants um, just want to maybe put a bit of their head in the sand and turn away from it. And that is not the answer and not how to deal with it. And we are here to help. And I think um, building those kinds of relationships just gives them that reassurance that they can pick up the phone um, and speak to us or, or ultimately walk into the office and speak to us and I think one of the, the, the best elements of uh, how we operate is obviously we do all our in, uh, property management in-house so whether it's um, from me dealing with the tenant at, at the initial stages or yourself Karen obviously in the letting process um, or if it's speaking to one of the girls in property management whether it's a maintenance issue or if it's to do with the rent and things, you can actually go in and speak to that person face to face. Um, and it's like, oh, it's like I'm having a wee bit of issue with my rent. I'll go in and I'll speak to Charlotte. Or do you know what I mean? I'm having a maintenance issue. I'll go in and speak to Emma. Or um, if it's initial stages and they're trying to sort out the paperwork, they'll, they'll come in and speak to you or Angela. Do you know what I mean? So uh, that is it's about having that um, close relationship with tenants and landlords, of course, obviously. Um, it just pays dividends, I think, to have that um, in place. 
um, speaking on maintenance and property management, um, as well as the general upkeep and repairs of a property, we need to keep an eagle eye on legal compliance. And there's around about 400 pieces of legislation and counting, um, as we're all too aware. Um, there keeps to be uh, keeps being new additions, obviously, of legislation, uh, and it is so important to keep up to date. Uh, but in particular, obviously, valid uh, safety certificates, in particular the gas and electric, energy performance certificates are such a big thing now. The energy the performance rating, uh, obviously, we're going to have um, we're going to have um, mineral EPC banding. Obviously, has been put in place, so every property uh, in Scotland should be a band C or uh, more uh, or higher, should I say, by 2025. Now that's only on um, newly let properties. So if you've got a tenant in place, you, you're fine. But obviously, when that property is then becomes vacant and relet, or it's a new property to the market, it needs to be advertised with an EPC of a rating of C. Um, now, generally, I mean the national average on the EPC ratings is a D, um, and generally your typical ex-local authority and things is probably a D or a C, or quite easily easily uh, able to be made a, a, a rating C. But, um, but obviously there is properties out there that's going to be a bit more difficult, but that is a show in itself, I think, obviously the EPC ratings and, and how to tackle that. But the, the gas and electrical and uh, EPC certificates are all so important and they are, of course, the law and um, we need to obviously abide by that. Um, and so these all go in our calendar and on our property management dashboard. So on a daily basis, we are checking, obviously, the dates that are coming through. So anything that comes up for renewal for any property will be on our dashboard in the mornings um, of any working day. And we then obviously look to have them renewed or carried out so that they are kept valid. Um, the importance of, uh, in particular, a gas safety certificate, Karen. Yes. They are, to me, they are the most important one. Obviously, they all need done, but a gas safety one is one that is due annually. Um, obviously, it's going in making sure that the properties, the boiler is all safe and working, and you have a carbon monoxide detector in the vicinity of your boiler as well. Um, obviously, it's something that could easily go wrong, so having that check done yearly and making sure that the boiler is all safe is such an important factor. And at the end of the day, I need one to get a tenant moved in, so they have to be done. So important. Yeah, they are so important. Obviously, gas safety is just as the um, is paramount. Uh, in addition to obviously the other certificates. So, I mean, the bottom line is, Karen, if we don't have the valid certificates, then a tenant can't be moved in, and that would just go against anything that we would ever carry out. So, I mean, that is just the, the most important thing um, at the beginning of a tenancy to have that in place. Um, and do you find you have issues with certificates at the beginning of a tenancy? <laughs> I see you are. I think you know the answer to that. It can be really difficult sometimes. Um, I would say if it's a new property that's come on and the meters are in debt or you have credit meters that are in debt that have either smart meters or have shown to be an absolute nightmare trying to get them topped up when you don't have cards. Yeah. Um, obviously, the meters in the past have had keys and cards that we've been able to either get replaced or are there to be able to top up which has made it a wee bit easier, but um, this new smart meter version has just been a nightmare. So we've had a bit of a battle this week to get one of our, our gas meters sorted, but it has been done. The gas safety certificate has been done and the tenant is all set to move in on Monday. So it can be a bit tricky, but getting there in the end is really satisfying. And again, that all came down to teamwork with it. Um, 
obviously relying on our property management department, Charlotte and Emma have worked really hard to get that sorted for me this week. So it's great that it's been done and we can get a tenant moved in. Um, same with the electrical size of it as well. Obviously making sure electric meters are in credit so we can get the EICRs carried out. Um, obviously having smoke alarms in place, making sure your RCD board is compliant and obviously the other factors that come into that as well is really important. Yeah, and that, like you say, obviously comes down to our like teamwork and, and how beneficial it is to the whole process. Uh, speaking about property, obviously compliance and certificates and things, I've got a comment here which will come back to it. It just says Facebook user. The Facebook user, there is a link at the top. If you click it, the StreamYard link, it will make you visible so I could address you in person. But your question is, what can you as a letting agent do when you have a landlord that won't or can't spend money on their property, even if it means the property falls below tolerable, tolerable standard? Well, the answer to that question is, obviously, in the first instance, we would never let a property unless it is obviously uh, at a certain standard and obviously it is complying in the beginning. And then it's our job to maintain that throughout. Now, obviously, if we are dealing with a landlord who is um, not abiding by that or doesn't wish to abide by that, then the, ultimately then we won't work with them. Um, it's, uh, it's not something that we would like to do and it goes against what obviously the law dictates and also what we would uh, who we would want to work with and that's another thing that we spoke about through the weekend was um, working with people um, obviously that are in the right mindset and trust us to take the lead and obviously look after the property rather than being too involved or not involved enough um, do you do you come up against that a lot Kim? Unfortunately we do we have a lot of really good landlords that are that do really care about their properties and want to make that a good home for their tenants when things go wrong they are proactive alongside us to get issues rectified but there are the odd landlord unfortunately that don't either have the money to spend or don't want to spend the money so trying to come to a resolution with that is to trying to get it rectified with a maintenance issue for example um, or when a property comes available again um, and we don't have that interest in it because it's not to a standard that somebody wants to let it. It's obviously having that conversation with the landlord, being transparent with them and saying, look, this is what's needed to be done. If you don't want to do it, you're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to find you a new tenant for it because it's not in the condition that somebody wants to stay in it. And at the end of the day, we want to provide a good home for somebody that they're going to be happy to stay in. So it, sometimes it is having that honest conversation with a landlord that they are going to have to, put their hand in their pocket and fix their property. Yeah, and I think, I mean, sometimes it's hard to sugarcoat things and we do need to be quite direct um, in order to get things done. And that's, I think if I, if I was, if it was me as an investor or a landlord and it was my agent, I would just want them to tell me the way it is and how it's, how it's meant to be done. Um, throughout a tenancy um, and there's a tenant in place, obviously we have a duty of care for tenants as well as obviously a contract with our landlords and the investors as clients. So if we come to the point where there is a gas safety certificate for renewal, um, generally we, we just arrange it anyway. I mean, we obviously make sure that the landlord's aware of that in, in case obviously they want to use their own contractors and things, but that's fine. But if there is an issue where it's become um, the time where it needs renewed and there isn't anything getting done about it, ultimately to answer your question, Facebook user, is we would just do it anyway and deduct it for the rent. Because at the end of the day, it's law and uh, it needs to be done in, in terms of obviously, I think gas safety is the most important, I think, and, and now obviously smoke alarms and things as well. 
um, are all imperative that they are in place and valid. Um, Caroline also put a question in here. Uh, what's your current average time scale for an advert going live, a tenant moving in date, assuming the tenant and the property are all good to go? Um, well, how long is a piece of string, Karen? But um, very short lately. I mean, we're turning things around. I mean, typically, I, I mean, as a as a rule of thumb, I would say maybe around about four to six weeks. I mean, you, I mean, it could be a lot shorter than that, or a lot longer. In the current market and how busy things have been, Karen. I mean, what kind of time scale are you looking at for moving people, turning things around, and moving people in? It can go anything from up to a week to maybe four. Um, at the end of the day, we go through when the property goes on the market; those inquiries are coming in straight away. So. As soon as we can find a suitable tenant for it, their deposit holds it for up to a month for them. So that gives us a chance for them. If they've got notice to give on their property, it works quite well. Um, it gives them a chance to have a wee overlap to get everything moved and finished up with what they need to in their current one. But um, yeah, you're probably looking about anywhere between one to six weeks. But I would say the average is kind of around about three or four weeks just now between a property going on the market to a tenant moving into it. Yeah, that's typically what I thought, but I mean, we are turning things around as in, in short a time as a week. But then that's all dependent on the property being uh, ready, compliant, good to go, and the tenants being prepared with all their relevant information and documentation, and that just streamlines the whole process. If the tenant's prepared, the landlord's prepared, the property's ready, um, and we are satisfied that everything's in place to be able to proceed, and then actually then start to draw up tenancy agreements and things. Uh, that is that is a really important factor, but yes, obviously things have become even more fast-paced in recent months and in, the, in the, the last year, uh, especially. But um, yeah, back to maintenance and uh, properties and emergencies, and obviously emergency um, emergencies at properties is an important factor as well, and things that need to be managed correctly. Uh, fortunately, emergencies are few and far between um, when properties are managed correctly, and I think that's important. Um, a lot of things that become emergencies can be avoided uh, if they're picked up in time. And that's a combination of us doing inspections and keeping in contact with the tenant, and likewise the tenant keeping in contact with us. And um, something that may be quite minor to start with can then be an emergency. Um, something as uh, simple as maybe a, a seal not on a bath properly over time could end up, there could be water continually running down there, the tenant isn't aware, and the next thing, the ceiling below obviously caves in. I mean, for example, worst case scenario, obviously, but um, these things do happen. Uh, but whenever the unexpected does happen, it's really at a convenient moment. And we always tend to find out, Karen, that the, the phone will ring and it will be Friday night or it will be Saturday night. And uh, typically that's when these kind of things um, tend to happen. But that's what we are here for, obviously, in the property management side of things. And I think that's why landlords and investors and trust management companies to do that for them because the last thing that you want when you are sitting on a Saturday night is you're tending to phone you with a, a situation where you have to get up off the sofa or come away from your plans and deal with it when you could have a managing agent like ourselves do that for you um, and I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of situations like that over the years Kim. I have. We've had a whole variation of it from tenants locking themselves out, they've lost their key, have to go down to the office and give them their key so they can get back in, um, to boilers breaking down in winter time. So again, it's making sure that you have a local agent that's on hand to deal with these issues and they have reliable contractors that again are on hand to be able to attend the properties. Um, we've had ones that have had to go out at 
ridiculous times, <laughs> but they are there and they're there to help us. And we have such a good relationship with them and we do really appreciate them doing this we work do, for us. I think um, we've got a lot of certain contractors that go above and beyond for us. And we do really appreciate that because it allows us to do our job more efficiently. Um, and a lot of landlords and people that maybe self-manage don't have that kind of contact as well. But again, we've spent a lot of years building up those relationships with contractors to be able to pick up the phone uh, and get them to go out at ridiculous times, uh, even Christmas Day in the past. But um, obviously that's not that common. But I mean, uh, there is an extremely fine line between a genuine emergency and maybe just an urgent repair. Um, and that's obviously something that you really need to work out before just sending a contractor um, um, over the weekend or whatever, or through holidays and things. And we need to, bal we need, uh, to balance that with keeping tenants assured that um, we're on the case and keeping them in the loop and, and the landlords as well that are and confident that we're managing uh, their investment properly. And it's not always easy and it's, uh, it's all about mediation, I think, with that, um, especially with repairs. You need to keep the tenant in the loop and satisfied that the work's being done in the necessary timescale. Uh, and make sure the landlord's reassured that we're dealing with it and it's getting dealt with with a reliable contractor and getting done at um, a reasonable rate, obviously cost-wise and things. So um, there is a lot involved in that. And I think there's, I think that kind of sums up today's topic about obviously a day in the life of a letting agent or a managing agent is that there is so much more that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, and it isn't just come into the office and make your coffee and check your emails and things. There's there's so much more to it, Ken, and I'm sure you'll agree with that. Yeah, I think we did a list one day following one of our training courses just to see what we did. And I think just in the lettings process, there was over 100 points of what we do, basically. So, And that's the thing, when you break it down, there's a lot that goes into it. So making sure that you've got an agent that knows what they're doing, is, or even a landlord, making sure that you're clued up in what you're doing in the process for it is such an important factor. Yeah, it's, it's so important, and I think that that... Um, that is something that is so important as well that we um that we obviously go through that whole process uh, on behalf of the landlords so they don't have to do it um and i think that is such an important thing um but yeah so i mean final thoughts for this morning kim there's a lot that goes into being an estate agent so knowledge is power <laughs> yeah definitely knowledge is power and i think like you say um the list that we done obviously we do continual training and that was part of our training just just to see and we even surprised ourselves mm -hmm. that uh, even like you say and that's only the letting process that's not the management side we just done it from obviously the, the the letting process at the beginning and we were yeah like you say it was at least 100 points we got to of all the different stages and that's just advertising the property and getting to the point of moving a tenant in and then obviously the ongoing management for there is uh, such a complex um, process which um, we've kind of honed over the years into a daily thing which is fine for us so um, I think for me if you are an investor and looking to build your portfolio and have um, a successful uh, buy to let portfolio it is important to have um, a reliable managing agent who has reliable contractors who is very knowledgeable um, in place looking after your portfolio whether you're in Fife or whether you're anywhere in the country I suppose make sure you have a good letting agent and management agent looking after your investment because it will pay dividends in the long run and I think that's uh, where I would finish that today because that is I think for me where um, 
the topic lies to this morning. Um, so thank you very much for joining me this morning, Karen. That was good. Um, I think you were the best person to bring in and talk about that because it is what you do, do on a daily basis. So I um, thank you for that. And uh, thanks everyone for joining and commenting. Unfortunately, Jim couldn't get through properly, but um, I'm sure we'll catch up with him. He will be doing his roundup tomorrow um, of the sales market. And he will also be doing his wealth creation show with James on Monday evening at 6.30 p.m. So if you are an investor in building your portfolio, please join in and listen to that because it is a, a lot of good advice and tips for investment. So on that note, I'm going to end here this morning. Karen, thank you so much for joining and thanks to everyone else. Okay.